Hello and welcome to another episode of Corpse Talks where I talk about anything and everything of interest to me, whether that be political, economic, social, technical or technological, legal, environmental, cultural, you name it, I'll speak about it. And today um is another writing review episode. So I'm just gonna be talking about my writing process. It's been like really quick fire lately, like so much to say. I would say over the past 24 to 48 hours, I've written at least 10,000 words. And I've been oscillating between, you know, my Word document on my laptop and my journey prompts or extracts that I um, post on my personal cloud. And the words have just been coming thick and fast. Like, everything is pouring out of me, which is great, you know. I think on average, most manuscripts are about, you know... 70,000 to 150,000 words like I know some people have loads to say and could probably get to like a million and uh, I imagine this story probably could get to that but it keeps changing because as I've said before in the previous episode I intended to write you know two stories like SG would be the first one then TBO would be the second one but as I'm writing TBO I swear it's all just falling into place and it's so connected to SG, I wonder whether they belong in the same book, but just as, like, different parts. Um, that would be really interesting if I could do, like, a part one or part two and have them interweave. And it's happening so unconsciously. I wish I could tell you that there was some linear process where I broke things down, but that's not what's happened. These stories have come to me as seemingly separate, but there's a bridge that's um, connecting them. And... That could be a sequel or that could be um, a piece in tandem and I've expanded on the themes I've already mentioned in the previous episode things like you know power and 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 justice and peace but it's getting like worse like the story is becoming way more virile and it's getting quite scary insofar that I'm really taking myself even further than I thought I would to get at the nuts and bolts of what I think I've been thinking for years and years about things like ethics and equity and equal bargaining power and praxis you know when you have so many dynamics that make some people more quote-unquote privileged than you or rather um more able to harm you right so shifting from that concept of privilege to more like ability to harm then you create way more complication like nothing is ever he was a good guy she was a bad girl she was a good girl he was a bad guy it's almost just a complete mess and again like I'm trying not to draw that judgment and say you know she was wrong and he was right and that was the binary it's creating these messy complicated complex unclear spaces where people are like I don't even know what to say say I don't know what to see but I would want people, if they were discussing this book, to say, you know what, these individuals all have something bad about them. But I guess if we're doing the degree of harm and we're evaluating that amongst all of the praxis, then perhaps this person was worse. And then we have to ask ourselves, okay, so what value does being worse off mean in terms of do you now become more able to frame harm and then use that formula to balance out that harm or is it just 
something that you use in terms of debate or discourse that doesn't really go much further than conversation? Is it something that you can put into practice? Is it easy to? Does that practice then lead you to harm? There's so many contingencies and that's exactly what I'm trying to explore. And like I said, the story just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I was thinking about, you know, the fact that in my mind, there are no certainties. So I'm definitely trying to lean towards that whole idea of not having a particular ending. So my Michaela destroys, um, Michaela Cole's I May Destroy You focus on having like multiple endings is really what I'm drawing to. I'm not sure how I'll illustrate that, but just this idea that people deal with harm in different ways and almost every way is the right, right way. And funnily enough, this is something I actually often tell my friends, which when they've dealt with something, I always tell them like, the way you choose is almost always the right way because what else are you meant to do? You know, you can do all of the things you want to do. You can do none of them. You can do one of them. You can do a few of them. Either way, it was what you were meant to do. And who's to say that this would produce a better result or that would produce a better result? Actually, I was listening to um, a, a podcast on The Economist and they were talking about, like, modelling, I think, things to do with, like, fiscal policy. And they were talking about how if they had something to do with inflation, like, if they had not put interest prices up as significantly as they did, um, inflation wouldn't have risen that fast or whatever and again these are just estimations and they're based on fantastic research and history but even these aren't foolproof you know so sometimes when we expect a certain reaction from people uh, we don't know what we're going to get we plot we decide we think that this is going to happen and the series of events that unfolds is nothing as they could have imagined you know every day you go into a new 24 hours every month you go into a new 28 to 31 days and you assume that the things in your diary are the things that you're going to deal with and probably only that you underestimate and don't foresee um the challenges the trials the tragedies that occur without notice without prompt because there are so many things in life that you cannot foresee and you just don't know are going to happen and um i think in extending on the themes i was thinking about i'm challenging myself to write more about the ugly side of being um, and and that requires me to interrogate and unpack things like jealousy, bitterness, undesirability, ugliness and see these things as political and social and see how that affects the characters I write about and where that aligns them but also complicate that by <laughs> demonstrating that these um, marginalizations or particulars of self don't necessarily indemnify a person from achieving or perpetrating harm against others right so it's back to that harm principle that age-old classic doctrine that I'm just going to constantly reinforce as I'm writing and um, I was actually reading not reading sorry watching a series that was actually really enlightening really good it was called the nest and i'd actually initially started watching it a while back but never finished it and it was about this woman who is actually like a young teenage girl um but in her late teens and she wants to be a surrogate for this couple and it touches on so many ideas in terms of ethics and morality and conception you know who does a baby belong to when do they belong to that child 
what are the legal ramifications? What are the social ramifications? This was a, a late teen who considered herself empowered enough to carry someone else's baby, but um, was not transparent enough to tell them about her entire history, but saw this as some kind of redemption arc, but was also from a background that was lower to working class, that was um, riddled with crime, and that she ended up in the social care system. And the argument is, you know, how and where and when do we measure autonomy? When does someone become able to make their own decisions? When does the state intervene? When do other individuals intervene? What are the policies that we use to to, um, protect an individual like that or undermine an individual like that, you know? And it was a really good navigation of those very particular themes because I'm always wondering about these questions and obviously life the right to life is a major interest to most people because how do you measure it you know when does it start when does it begin where does it go however um because it's so age-old you end up going back to like bloody jurisprudence models modules that you didn't finally yet studying law and then remembering the natural um, law and the legal positivism that you know, questioned, you know, blue-eyed babies being born, should they, should they not, how do you, how do you balance an argument like that, and it's weird, it's strange, you've seen how these ideas in life, eugenic ideas, um, have imprinted themselves in regulation, and actually, what was interesting is that I went to an event, um, with a part um not with a partner who um that can't speak i went to an event the other day that featured a partner of a really large firm that one of the largest firms in the world who was an alma mater of the university i attended and she spoke about her history you know um how she came to rise up in the ranks and how i think she was a competition law partner and what she had seen in terms of how the world had changed um, in different industries, particularly things like energy, um, finance and technology, big tech in particular, how we saw different companies trying to, she was like focusing on merger control, trying to swallow up other companies and how as a competition lawyer, she's basically uh, had to measure what what um, arrangements companies that do decide to merge with one another have to do to um, make that merger a success and pass all the regulation that's required of them. And I thought to myself, like, wow, even we as people, because I guess we're human or, or autonomous, autonomous, and have free will don't realize how many how many forces at play undermine our true liberty right everyone's always talking about our libertarianism and um being a a neoliberal and just being able to maximize whatever life you want however gluttonous however greedy however um non-utilitarian and then you as a human being wonder you know when does it stop or should it stop how far do we take humanity in, in letting them be themselves and 
and having no order or having natural order um, and it's scary you know when you really really think about it and I guess that's exactly the kind of that's exactly the kind of theme I'm focusing on in my writing is that what happens when people take law into their own hands become lawless and again not passing judgment just saying what it is and the reasons behind and the the neurosis behind it because you know I'm, I feel like I'm naturally quite a neurotic person someone might say that I'm not but I don't think it's a bad thing I think that it can be um a good quality thinking about things worrying about things helps you see things from different angles and what I've learned is that when I'm writing these characters, I can choose what they know and what they don't know. That That's a very deliberate thing that I enjoy. And I've let my characters become neurotic. I always say, like, my characters are not me in any way whatsoever, shape, form. I just make up individuals who do things that either I've seen or observed, read about, um, witnessed, been around. Every character I create has like a slice of something that I may have personally experienced but that's rarely the center of the story the story tends to be an event the story tends to be um um a conflict a drama and the way that individual deals with it is (laughs) probably nothing like me in terms of you know um where they take it but I have my own life and my characters have their own lives and I have to let them live I have to let them um, experience, and that's fun for me because I'm able to fantasize about so much and put that on paper. And the theme I'm fantasizing about is what about a woman who knows it all? It's all. She knows her power, she knows her strength, and what does she do with it, right? Because I guess this is the part where I should probably start watching like Marvel or what's the other type of TV shows that have superheroes, but like, when you have power, how do you only use it for good? You know, it's great if you do, but how do you ensure that you're you're using it for good and not for bad? And um, when does when does a hero become a villain? And I guess that's my only that's probably one of my major failures in not watching these kind of shows. Not because I don't enjoy them. I think I have a reason. I can't remember what the reason is right now. I actually can't remember. I like my dramas. I just like when things happen. And I like how humans deal with that stuff. And I guess for me, a superhero is not a human being. But then again, they usually are, right? They're usually a a superhero during the night, like a human during the day. I think the only, like, superhero show I've watched was, like, bloody Hancock and Spider-Man when I was young, which I actually really liked. I liked Tobey Maguire. I think he was very endearing to me. There's something about his eyes and his face. I just, I really liked it. And um, <laughs> I should probably rewatch Spider-Man with these fresh eyes. I definitely think about these things differently. But yeah, it's like, when you have power, and even questioning that power, what kind of power is it? Is it legitimate social power? Is it um, legal power? Is it like widespread worldwide influence? Is it how limited is it, you know, how how superfluous is it, how how far does it rain, how long does it last, you know, how do you clarify it, how do you um, verify it, how do you question it, undermine it, get rid of it, and we just don't know, like, with the internet, there's just 
I just hate it because there's so much good on it. There's so many digital spaces where people are really sharing their truths in a way that they wouldn't be able to before. They're connecting with individuals they wouldn't be able to before. And there's so much pleasure in that. Um, Humans being social creatures and having that desire to be there, to be there, to have their voices heard is something that I applaud, I I agree with, I want for everybody. Um, In particular, marginalised people who haven't had their voices heard. You know, I always say there is some level of democratisation of people's voices when you've got online profiles and public profiles. And of course, these are still mitigated by real life standards. You know, there are people who fit the default of what um, the world likes, the Western world likes, and they are more popular and therefore richer than people from backgrounds with much lesser um, social clout, as they say. But even so, with all that growth, all that knowledge, all that awareness, there was obviously an... And there's obviously a lot of reckoning going on with individuals who are realizing i don't even i don't even have tiktok and i see like the amount of content that comes from that website and there is this reckoning of people who are realizing that a lot of his a lot of history so we're talking about things that happened hundreds of years ago that people today clearly don't want to atone for um has affected people to the present day like generationally and some people want that atonement some people want that reparative justice some people want that compensation and who's to say they 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 shouldn't who's to say what method that that restoration occurs within you know how do you right the wrongs of the past and I don't have an answer like I don't have an answer I don't pretend like I know this shit because girls like me we just read and we're like okay this seems like a good idea and then we realize oh hold on that ain't gonna work and then we read something new and it's like oh this is also a good idea and it's like hold on that ain't gonna work either and we're just constantly working to try and find out solutions and we know that every solution has its own problems and someone's gonna struggle someone's gonna uh, be worse off and we have to decide who that is and how to minimize that and the way the world will move you know we've got bloody elon musk spending all those billions on a website that people sign into every day that has been shown to literally dictate elections and public um and national security and invite or invoke conflict like war as people would say and everyone is just worried that if an app which is a platform that individuals have created to engage socially can be worth more or equal to you know a budget for a global or multinational organization that desires to end crises of the world like 
poverty or famine or poor sanitation, you know, and it's like mega wealth that could probably solve that, but focuses on, you know, capitalistic aims. It's like, what do you do when you're part of that machine, when you are unknown to be an investor in, of that or be a transactor of that or be a consumer of that? How do you tap out of it? Do you tap out of it? Where are the ethics, you know? And I don't know. I won't pretend like I know. I'm not ever joining or returning to Twitter, so no one has to worry about me. <laughs> um, You ain't got to worry about me, as that TikTok says. But, like, I do wonder how far this is going to go. I do wonder where we're going to take this. How do things get better? If they get better, is it worth it? Can we work it? Put my thing down, flip it and reverse it, as Missy Elliott says. <laughs> but also, like, does it even matter? Because climate change is moving mad, you know? And, well, the world doesn't seem like it's going to last as long as it was supposed to. I don't know how long it was supposed to last. That's a major issue for me because I know there's like calendars that people have designed and like there, there were myths and beliefs that the world would end in 2012 I remember that but also there's like religious sightings of like you know locusts and I don't know I can't lie like I don't know how things are going to be I'm just going to do my thing I'm going to try to get my right now and if that the world gets so hot that the first thing they burn is my book, then so be it, you know, at least I tried, because what does it mean, it's not really about speed anymore, it's just about saying what you need to say and hoping that someone believes it, or or agrees with it, or, or doesn't, it just doesn't really matter to me, like, as long as I have my sense of achievement, I think that's what I'm looking for, so I will continue to express and learn and write and read and create and like we'll see we'll see where it takes us if it takes us anywhere and yeah um in i'm in i'm in so many minds because i was talking to my friend today and i was like oh my god i've really overcome so much in like being super laid back in in the sense that oh we're gonna we're not we're not gonna make it so what's the point of stressing like we're all gonna die type energy but then that quickly flipping into you know what well, yeah we we're, we're worth something we should do what we can and push ourselves to the limit and go past our means and and shock ourselves and know that we did it for the for the world or for ourselves and, and that was worth it you know because it, it's always worth it to try and if it doesn't work you try again and if it doesn't work you try again and I think that is like a final theme that I want to really reintroduce in my writing so I have to do that basically make it clear that yes these characters have been through a lot and they're doing a lot and they're not sure about the outcome but it's it's worth trying it it's worth trying you know it's it's worth trying so yeah 
we're gonna keep trying and I'm gonna keep trying to get this writing done I wrote like a little timeline of when I want each stage to be done so I'm gonna share it just for my accountability I don't know if it will come to pass I don't know what God has in store but we are going to keep writing um okay so I had this plan that from June to December 2022 I'm just purging which means I'm just producing as much content as possible because although I wrote and finished both of these books and when I say both it was actually one book that I've broken up into two but might just put back into one I I finished them when I was 21 so that was what 2019 yeah and then I think it it took me like about a year and something and then just before the pandemic I stopped because I was just like I don't have the energy I don't have the time the world's ending type shit and obviously got on with my own life reprioritized recalibrated and then from now um well until now from I think I would say March well, maybe it could have been January 2022. I've been really back on this writing thing, like editing all the stuff I've produced and saying to myself, wow, like I've done a lot. Like I just said, like 10,000 words in 24 hours. That's incredible. It's a dissertation, fam. And I've still got so much more to say, though, because I know that the more I write, the more I can work with. And I'm giving myself six more months to just keep writing, keep saying everything I want to say. And um, 2023 is where I really want to hone in on the research because my content is from my head. I need to back up what I'm saying and make it sharp, make it clean, make it well established, make it, you know, um, accurate, let's say. And then 2024, I'm editing. Like, a girl is just going to be like, this ain't belonging to this story, this ain't belonging. Like, we are sharpening, 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 sharpening and taking out all the irrelevances and after I've edited my own version hopefully then I will start shorting it out trying to get it published by somebody um I know that these things actually should be kind of written in their infancy and then someone is supposed to look at your draft and be like oh yeah this is decent and then allow you to write for them but for some reason I didn't even trust that kind of guideline that sounds really bad I want to produce what I want to produce and I want someone to um look at it and decide whether they want it or not so I want it already written I can't be under the time pressure but I haven't started it because I can't work under pressure I have to be patient with myself I don't want to jump into this capitalistic society of yeah just write these just write things write these because you have a deadline not because it's come to you healthily or, or organically I'm not desperate this is not my full-time gig job money is not my motive I just want to say say this truth and share these truths so yeah 2025 will be hopefully the publication which doesn't make sense because how am I going to edit it and within a year have it published well the idea is that I have edited it so well that the next person that edits it is like oh it's basically perfect realistically that ain't gonna happen um so 
I'm putting it out there and see seeing what what occurs. And then twenty twenty six, that'll probably be like a press one. So going to talk to people, talking about the genesis of the story, how it came to be, what I what I did to make it happen, you know, PR and and public relations and and interviews and stuff. If I'm relevant enough, if I choose a a, a company that actually wants to market or promote me because lord knows i ain't marketing or promoting myself <laughs> and then i feel like 2027 oh i'll finally be free i'll finally be free in the sense that we'll be on shelves the um the hot kind of attention will have dried up i'll be settled into my career doing bits having fun and so it will be my on the side type of um vocation and then 2028, I'll be healed and ready to write a new, a new, a new story or a new book because I really do feel like these things are going to come to me in, you know, 10-year 10 10 year segues. I might be wrong. It might come soon. I might come later. But I just want to at least try and say something and have these, these, these stages and decades of my life written so that I can reflect at the very least about what I was doing in these moments and what I was saying most importantly because these stories are about what's going on around me you know I have my own life that I write in my own journal but these characters are not me these characters are just people who have gone through stuff and I want to tell their stories so yeah that's that episode done and um, I hope you enjoyed it and hopefully then my next episode will be something you know, actually political, economic, social, technological, legal, environmental, cultural, and not just these writing process um, recordings, but you never know, perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. All right, take care. Bye.